Hello, cryptid and folklore enthusiasts. This is Justin Crunkleton again with episode two of Cryptid Corner, a podcast hosted and in support by Toccoa Falls College Eagle Radio Program. On this week's episode, we dive into folklore again, cultural variations of the new creature in question, or story in question, and we'll read a chilling story to go along with it all. This week's episode's focus is the wailing woman of Hispanic culture, La Llorona. We start today with getting into a cultural topic that does not originate in America. As of last week in our episode with the Goat Man, this week we'll be skipping over to a culture that's different from ours in America and in the South. That would be the uh, chilling story of La Llorona, the weeping woman or the wailer. As always, we begin with the cultural folklore around surrounding this creature and begin to the different variations of the story. Now, in Hispanic American folklore, La Llorona, the weeping woman or the wailer, is a ghost who roams waterfront areas in South America or Southwestern America, uh, mourning her drowned children. That part is rather consistent across all variations. In the typical version of the legend, a beautiful woman named Maria marries a rich ranchero, a man who uh, owns a ranch and makes a good living, uh, with whom she has two children. Now, one day, Maria sees her husband with another woman, and in a fit of blind rage, she drowns her children in a river. That fits 99%, I would say, of the consistencies across all variations. In another version of the story, the children are a little illegitimate, and she drowns them so that their father cannot take them away to be raised by a new wife. Uh, recurring themes and variations of, on the La Llorona myth include white dresses, nocturnal wailing, and an association with water and waterfront. Now, the legend of La Llorona is traditionally told throughout Latin America, including Mexico, Central, and South America. It's uh, sometimes conflated with the La Maliche, the Nahua woman who served as Hernan Cortez's interpreter and also bore his son. La Malinche is considered both the mother of the modern Mexican people and a symbol of national treachery for her role in aiding the Spanish. Stories of weeping female phantoms are common in the folklore of both Iberian and indigenous American cultures. Scholars have pointed out similarities between La Llorona and the uh, Chicocoro of Aztec mythology, as well as Eve and Lilith of Hebrew mythology. While the roots of La Llorona legend appear to be pre-Hispanic, the earliest published reference to the legend is a 19th century sonnet by Mexican poet Manuel Carpillo. The poem makes no reference to infanticide, rather La Llorona is identified as the ghost of a woman named Rosalia who was murdered by her husband. Now, as for the modern tellings of the stories, uh, a few different iterations are as follows. In Mexico, the legend of La Llorona is deeply rooted in their popular culture today. Uh, her story told to children to encourage them not to wander off after dark, and her spirit often is invoked in artwork such as that of Alejandro Colunga in La Quijacotl, Leyenda de la Llorona. is a yearly waterfront theatrical performance of the legend of La Llorona set in Cochimilco, a borough of Mexico City. This is established in 1993 to coincide with the Day of the Dead. In the United States, uh, in the southwestern United States, mostly around Arizona, Texas, things like that, that area, 
the story of La Llorona is told to scare children into good behavior, sometimes specifically to deter children from playing near dangerous water. In Chumash mythology, indigenous to Southern California, La Llorona is linked to the Nunasis, a mythological creature with a cry similar to that of a newborn baby. Pretty scary, huh? In Venezuela, uh, in Venezuelan folklore, La Llorona was a woman who had to raise her child alone after his father died in a war. She eventually killed the child in frustration, and her spirit now kidnaps and kills other people's children. Families traditionally place wooden crosses above their doors to ward off such a spirit. So across these different iterations and variations, we see a common theme. There's a woman, a beautiful woman, and she ends up getting involved with a man and has children of her own in some form or another. And those children usually end up finding themselves consigned to a less than ideal fate, an early death, if you would. This, in some way or another, whether she regrets her decision killing them or whether they die and she is, her soul is consigned to the earth uh, to last in torment and wail and lament for her children, some way or another, she, her soul becomes tethered to uh, the lands in the area. Now, in some iterations we see it is a uh, rather more peaceful and sad, eerie tale of past stories. And in some people, in some cultures, the way they tell it, seems to be a current threat instead to the people who are alive now. That being said, in some iterations, she is a peaceful spirit who simply wails and gives people a fright at night, if you tend to hear her cry. Whereas for others, will go after children. Kidnap, not a, the, the killing of her children and the loss of her children means that no one else may have children as well. So she goes out and kidnap, kidnaps wandering children or misbehaving children and drowns them in the waters just as her children had to be. With... Any Hispanic person or Latin American person, um, you can mention the name La Llorona, and they will almost immediately know who you're talking about, in almost all cases. Uh, this story is, whereas there are many different iterations and variations, the story is very widespread. Um, there are many eyewitness accounts, and I would gesture that uh, many Hispanics could even have or know someone who does have a, an eyewitness story claiming to have seen or heard the cry of La Llorona. Now as far as our stories go, I've compiled a few here today. The first one is a story from an online image board. These stories, I should, sh I should say, are all to be taken into account that everything I say here is more or less taken as fiction and should be treated as such. However, the eyewitness stories just like the stories from the past and the culture, keep the folklore and legend alive. And so, to toy around with the idea of them being fact rather than fiction is quite really entertaining, isn't it? The story tells of a man, young man visiting his family in El Salvador. I will now tell it from his first-person perspective. My mom's family have their own acre of land, and I'm visiting my family in El Salvador. They live deep in a wooded area. The only nearest house is a six-mile hike, and then three miles until you get to the small town. First week, everything is all cool. My grandpa notices that I would stay up late and watch the stars. 
The skies are clear here, not like where I was from in Los Angeles. One night he told me to get inside or I would see La Llorona. In English, it's the weeping woman, who was said to drown her children in a river and wanders around looking for her kids. I had heard my mother tell me the story when I was younger, but never really paid any attention. I'm also not really spiritual or anything, but after what happened then, I just don't know anymore. Well, I go to bed because it is getting late after all. A couple day go, days go by and nothing out of the ordinary seems to happen. And one night, my grandfather wakes me up at about 4 a.m., tell, telling me to accompany him to get water from a river nearby. The shower they have is located about five yards away from the house with a water tank that needs to be refilled for the morning showers. We head out with some flashlights. And as I walk through the dark, I suddenly remember the La Llorona story and my senses are more alert. I hear some leaves being crunched a couple hundred yards behind us, and I could tell he hears it too by the look in his eyes. Nonetheless, we keep walking towards the river, but now the crunching has stopped. Once we're there, I can tell he's a bit nervous, as he says we need to fill up the water as quick as possible. There's a complete silence in the air at this point. The only sound is the water. And once my grandfather notices the silence, we both start hearing a faint cry. He grabs my shirt and says we need to leave immediately and to drop the bucket so we can retrieve them in the daylight. We begin to head back at a fast walking pace at the very least, and my heart's pounding like crazy. So pounding so hard that I hear it in my head and in my ears. The same crunching of the leaves is behind us again, but this time it's getting closer. By now we're jogging. It felt like we were walking for almost half an hour. And then... We began hearing her cry even louder, this time asking specifically, Adonde están mi hijos? Meaning, where are my children? We get into a full sprint, not looking back or around at all. By now it's five in the morning, usually the time my grandmother lights up some candles in her house, so it wouldn't be too bright if she turns the lights on. We see the yellow glow, but it's still a bit away. I turn around, and I kid you not, I see her chasing the white, the veil over the head, the gaping mouth black, screaming, Adonde están mi hijos? The sensation I felt when I saw her is unexplainable. It was a fear I've never felt before in my life. We arrive at the house in sweat and out of breath. We walk in carefully as not to disturb anyone to sleep. My grandmother knew exactly what had happened by the pale look on my face, but she said nothing. My grandfather and her looked at each other like as if they were saying to each other through their eyes, communicating what had happened. I never went out at night over there again. This author claims that he does not believe in an afterlife, but he does believe now, this has forced him now to believe in some type of energy that it is in a person does not simply just disappear. The energy that stays is what he would call a ghost. He has had other ghostly experiences, but none as frightening as this one. Here from this story, we see um, a very clear depiction of a Southwestern American, La Llorona, a variation. Southwestern America, El Salvador, as well as uh, her crying out, um, being near water, her crying out in pain, wailing, and then upon reaching closer, she begins speaking specifically, Adonde están mi hijos? These all fit in line with the Southwestern American La Llorona story.
and it is something that is, for those who believe in ghosts and spirits, rather intriguing at the very least. Now, on to our next one. This one comes from a website with a compilation of many different stories celebrating Hispanic and Latin American culture. I'll begin reading it from first hand now. So this is one of the many stories my mother had passed down from the years to my siblings and I when we were very young. I'm going to say I was about 9 to 10 years old, and they took place in Central America, El Salvador to be precise. My grandma one day was supposed to meet up with a friend to go to another friend's wake. Back then, people would stay all night morning at the wake with the deceased. My grandma was waiting for her friend where they had agreed to meet, which happened to be a little near a, near a little river or creek. She sees this woman from far away, all in white, and my grandmother asks, says it looked just like her friend. Her name was Mary. So she starts following this woman, calling out for her, thinking it's her friend. She followed her by the river and then kept calling out for her, but to no avail. It began getting creepy when this woman is going towards these trees away and away, and my grandmother started catching up. But as she was getting close to her, closer to her, she started to feel what she says, what she describes as, her shoulders were big, her head felt big, and she couldn't move anymore. She was close enough to see this woman's face that was covered by a veil, and she said the woman's face was nothing but a skull. My grandmother somehow came out of there, came out of her shock and ran as fast as she could. She said she felt as if she was running slow, like in a dream, and wasn't getting away fast enough. These stories always gave me chills, but have always been fascinating. She states it was La Llorona, or the weeping woman, because she was walking by the river. They passed it and headed towards some trees. As we see some similarities between this story and the last, funny enough, they both happened in El Salvador. Not only that, we see the white veil. However, she describes being able to see La Llorona's face, the face being a skull, whereas the previous story only saw a gaping black mouth behind the veil, screaming and lamenting. Now with this, <clears throat> the person, the eyewitness, seems to be affected by La Llorona when getting too close to her, as if she's weighed down, bogged down, almost as if the feelings of La Llorona, her, the weight of her depression, her postpartum depression, her, the children's deaths weighed on her just the same as it does the ghost. Now this story, this rendition is very interesting. However, I have one more for us. I'll begin reading it in first person now. One night, it was just like any other night, I lived in a trailer with my mother and father. My youngest brother was staying with my aunt this night. I fell asleep watching Jay Leno as usual, and when I woke up, I was on the sofa in my living room. The time was 4 a.m., which illuminated from the stove in the kitchen. The television was off, and normally I had a light on, but this time it was pitch black. I woke up, and I heard a horrible screaming that was coming from far in the distance. The screaming was coming from a ditch that was a few feet away from my home. I heard it, and I thought I was hearing things. I asked myself, am I dreaming? Then I started to hear the animals outside howling and whimpering. These animals that I speak of are cats and dogs. As the screaming got closer, the animals continued to cry. The screaming was something I have never experienced before. 
It sounded like I was in a big hallway, and a woman was screaming her guts out down the same way. Then, in all the screaming, I started to make out words. These words being said by whoever this was at 4 a.m. screaming shocked me. They were the, it was the voice of a woman, and the woman cried, I, mi hijos, or oh, my children. In a huge panic, I quickly got up from the sofa and ran to the kitchen, which was right next to where I was asleep. I turned to the closest light and looked around. The screaming did not stop. In fact, the screaming only got louder and closer. I questioned my sanity at that moment. Was I going crazy? Was I hearing things? Then I thought to myself, this is real. The animals are responding. This is all too real. So what? So I did what any other 11-year-old boy would do in a moment like this. I ran to my parents' room. I reached for my mother and shook her awake wildly. She woke up slowly, and to my amazement, the screaming faded as she woke. I thought to myself, what the heck is going on? I told my mother, Mom, do you hear that screaming and crying lady? My mom was half asleep as she said, Go back to sleep. It is most likely just your imagination. I told her, no, this is a real, this is real, please, don't you hear her? My mom quickly just said, you are dreaming, so go back to sleep. It's going to be okay. By then, the screaming had faded long away, like if whoever was screaming knew that the adult was awake. I was terrified as I returned to the living room and quickly turned on the television as I left most of the lights on as well. I didn't go back to sleep until the sun came, sun came up. I couldn't believe what I had heard and witnessed. I was treated like a crazy person whenever I told my story. It got so bad that I kept the experience to myself, and to this day, I don't care what people think of my experience. I know what I heard, and a couple years later, it happened to me again. With this story, we see a few other similarities. However, there are a few things different, and we'll go into that as well. Similarities being that, obviously, you hear the cry of La Llorona. You hear the wailing, the weeping, the screaming. Uh, you also hear the verbalization, I, mi hijos, or the, just the common denominator of mi hijos, my children. Um, these, this falls in line very well with any of the other variations we have. Uh, however, this, in unique sense, we first have animals interacting with the spirit, acknowledging its existence. Now, any of you fans out there who are particularly fond of ghost stories and ghost research, you will know that uh, animals uh, have an acute sense to these spirits. Uh, they seem to respond to them well, being able to sense them when we can't. And for this uh, to be included in the story is very eye-opening. <clears throat> I'd like to point out as well that as the protector of the child, the child's mother and father, as they wake up and begin, become cognizant, La Llorona fades away. Whereas the La Llorona of our first story attacked uh, an elderly man as well as his son at the same time, knowing full well that he was there to protect him. <clears throat> With all these stories we read, we come to find, in general, just a very interesting and unique piece of folklore that has spread like wildfire across South America, Pseudo-America, and Southwestern America. Now, <clears throat> with such a unique and interesting story such as this, we have to thank the culture of the Latin Americans and Hispanics. Um, 
A chilling story that provides entertainment and serves well to disciplined children is uh, something to be grateful for. And I personally would like to thank all the Hispanics who have shared their stories with me on this case. Uh, I've known about this legend for many years now and it has always interested me, hence why I made an episode uh, with her in the spotlight. Now, as Tacoa Falls College is a Christian institution, I'd like to take a few moments to touch on the basis of faith and how it interacts with this story. Now, we as Christians, it is a theological debate on whether or not spirits and ghosts can exist or do exist. And uh, it is a very debated topic, even crossing that threshold, uh, whether or not if they do exist, are they territorial? Or do they seek to inflict harm? Can they inflict harm? <clears throat> I know many Christians who would say that La Llorona is a demon, an evil spirit sent from hell, created by Satan uh, to torment the living and to sow chaos around believers. As you would know, or many would know, many Hispanics and Latin Americans are devout Catholics and believers in Christ Jesus at the very least. And so this could be a tool by the devil, a spirit created by him or sent by him to terrorize those believers. I know Christians who would argue that ghosts in general very well do exist and that she may be caught in a sort of limbo state, uh, a place where she is tethered to a certain place in the earth or a region, or perhaps her spirit manifests through those who believe in her and that belief grants energy to manifest such a spirit in your area. Who knows? I know that I have no biblical authority to uh, lay down the law and place the hammer down on whether she exists or not or if she could exist. However, it is a very interesting topic to get into with your other fellow believers. Begin to open up your Bible, pick it apart, and see what you can pull out in defense or prosecution against La Llorona and her existence. It could be very eye-opening and very enriching for you. Other than that, as I say, I had a very fun time researching this topic and reading the stories, or rather in length. As we cross cultures and jump from America and its different regions and cultures to different uh, regions and cultures of the world, I'd say we have a lot more interesting cryptids and folklore creatures and spirits, legends, to go over. So, be sure to join me next time here on Cryptid Corner supported by Tacoa Falls College Eagle Radio Team. Thank you very much. And this is your host, Justin Crunkleton, signing off. Until next time.